Perfect. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is your host, Kyle Serlo, and welcome back to another delectable, gorgeous, beautific edition of the Golf Guide podcast. I'm very happy that you are here with me. Um, I have got just <laughs> a absolutely ridiculously fantastic episode for you today. Uh, I'm bringing you part two of my conversation with my good friend, uh, PGA teaching professional, high school golf coach, Mr. Jess Stemak. We are going to be getting into um, our 2019 PGA Tour season preview. Uh, we, we recorded this a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of the West Coast Swing. Uh, if you want to go back and hear you know, what we thought was going to happen on the West Coast Swing uh, in that podcast, you can go back a couple of episodes. Um, but after that, we basically went through and just talked about you know, our favorite players uh, and what we, you know, what we expect from the world's top 15 players in 2019. And then we went in and actually discussed um, each of the four majors um, in detail and what we thought was going to happen. And I thought this would be a fun exercise because um, doing it so far in advance, I'm sure that by the time the Masters rolls around, the way that Jess and I are both thinking about the Masters and who we like to win is going to be substantially different uh, than it would be when we recorded this. However, I, I think it's kind of interesting, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing, hopefully, a Masters preview with Jess in, uh, in another month and a half or so, right before the tournament at Augusta starts, and then kind of seeing how my, you know, how my opinions and my takes regarding certain players changed over the course of a couple months and just, you know, how much of an influence all the tournaments in uh, in late February and March and everything kind of go into how I feel when I'm actually getting ready to, to put some ducats down um, on the Masters. And, and the same would go for the rest of the professional tournaments as well. So it's going to be a really fantastic podcast. You know, when I recorded this with Jess, we went, I think we recorded for like two and a half hours. We obviously, the first hour was released as part of that uh, West Coast preview podcast. And then the second, you know, hour and a half uh, is what I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. And it, it may be a little noticeable that, uh, you know, as we were recording this podcast, we were enjoying each other's company, talking about one of our favorite subjects, golf. And uh, we may have been putting a few back as well, which not only was tremendously fun, but uh, I think the uh, small amount of lubrication uh, started to become somewhat evident uh, over the course of the podcast, which, you know, personally, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I would hope that you, the person listening to this podcast, uh, may find it enjoyable to listen to as well. You, you may you may be getting a take or two out of Jess and myself that uh, maybe would not have uh, maybe maybe would not have actually been vocalized had you asked us at uh, 9:30 on a Tuesday morning. But hence that, that that's why we have this great podcast. It's it's the most perfect excuse I have to just you know, relax. You know, put down a beer or two, whatever whatever helps get you relaxed, and and talk about one of my favorite subjects in the entire world, which is of course golf professional golf, playing golf, traveling to play golf. It, all of it is is absolutely wonderful. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just really, really good stuff. And I'm very, very happy to share that with you. So, um, yeah, I guess without any further delay, I'm just going to present to you my podcast uh, with Mr. Jess Stemak with a 2019 PGA Tour preview. Uh, I am recording this on Tuesday, February 19th, so we're just about two days removed from the Genesis Open down at Riviera Country Club. Um, you know, and, and I guess I'll share one brief thought with you before we, uh, we hand it over to Jess and myself. And that is, it, it's really too bad for JB Holmes that his win has been clouded by so much talk about slow play. Um, but you know what? The guy fucking deserves it. I'm, the guy is so painfully slow and he's, and, and here's to his credit, he's not the only culprit 
but he is the most obvious. The guy who you're sitting there, you're watching two other players play, and he doesn't even consider getting ready to hit a shot. Only when it becomes his turn does he begin to prepare for his next golf shot, which is just fucking appalling. It, it is absolutely appalling. Any golfer watching this and is thinking to himself, is that how it's supposed to work? No. The answer is no. You're not supposed to do that. That is not how it works. Do not do that. If I play golf with you and you don't start reading your putts or you don't start thinking about what club you want to hit until everybody else is hit and it's your turn, you are not playing with me again. I'm going to tell you, get out. I like to play 18 holes of golf in three and a half hours or less. Obviously, if the occasion occurs where I'm at like a, a you know a scramble tournament and guys are just getting completely barbecued and hammered and we're just out there having a good time and messing around, sure. A four and a half, five hour round, like, you know, sometimes that's just what happens. But for me to maximize my enjoyment of both playing and watching golf, you guys should be playing in three and a half hours and J.B. Holmes is never ever going to play golf in three and a half hours the way that he is playing right now. I think it is a disgrace that the PGA Tour is not finding guys for their slow play. It makes for a less enjoyable spectating experience for the people that are there watching it in person. And it also is painful for everybody watching on television. Um, you know, wh- why is baseball you know, seemingly less popular than it's been in the last two decades? Well, you know what? In the age of, you know, <laughs> short attention spans, um, you know, long breaks in sport where nothing is happening is not great for the 21st century sports fan. Um, and so, yeah, just the slow play is fucking crushing golf's ability to reach out and attract new spectators and new um, fans of the game. And, you know, Christ, I, I really hope they can address it going forward. It, it's crazy to me that he was paired with Adam Scott for the final round, the same guy who actually asked the PGA Tour to fine him, to set an example. And then, so, you know, that, to send a message to the rest of the players that, you know, they are going to start enforcing these slow play penalties. And Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour didn't even have the fucking stones to take Adam Scott up on his offer to penalize him. He voluntarily asked to be penalized, and they still didn't do anything about it. So that tells me this problem is not going to get fixed soon. It's not going to get addressed. It is something that the PGA Tour is going to continue to sweep under the rug. And uh, it's embarrassing. It, it, it's honestly embarrassing. However, what's not embarrassing is my conversation with Jess Stemack, which is what we are going to get to right now. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, until next week, guys, have a great week. Uh, enjoy the tournament, the WGC down in Mexico. And uh, I'll be back with you guys next week and probably even touch base with you real quick at the end of this podcast. So without further delay, <laughs> again, uh, here is my conversation with Mr. Jess Stemack. Perfect. All right. With that all being said, let's jump into the bulk, the rest of the 2019 PGA Tour season. Let's preview the shit out of this thing. And uh, I'll I'll put it to you here real quick. Would you prefer uh, if we go through everything? Uh, we're we're gonna talk. You know, we're gonna touch on all the major championships for this year, kind of in the same way that we did with those uh, West Coast mm-hmm. uh, swing tournaments. Um, I'll go through a little bit of news, just some like some changes that people can obviously be expecting for the 2019 season. And then uh, I kind of just want to go through a list of the the top players, you know, or not even top players, just all the players and kind of get your thoughts on what you're expecting out of the season. Yeah. Uh, after I go through the news uh, for changes for the 2019 season, you want to jump in and do majors first or do you want to go through individual players? Uh, let's go individual players. Okay, uh, perfect. More importantly, uh, go ahead and talk amongst yourselves for about a minute. I'm going to grab another beer. Okay, please. All right, so 
while uh, while the boat is getting himself uh, a beer or two, uh, I'll go through and share a little bit of news with you guys because obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're a golf fan. If you're a golf fan, you probably know this already, so I won't spend too much time on it. Uh, but there were some major changes to the PGA Tour schedule for 2019, um, and I'll, you know, I'll share some of those with you right now. So the Players' Championship, uh, the quote-unquote fifth major at TPC Sawgrass, uh, traditionally contested in May for the past several years after the Masters. Uh, that has now been moved up to March, okay? So the Players' Championship is going to be taking place right in the middle of all those Florida golf tournaments. I believe now it's going to be taking place the weekend before uh, the tournament at Copperhead, um, the Valspar Championship or whatever you call it. Uh, so mid-March we get the Players' Championship. Uh, the Masters is still going to be taking place in April as always, although... It is weird that it's now in the second weekend <laughs> of April rather than the first. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. I mean, not to uh, I don't know why I'm sharing this with any of you guys because I really don't give a shit about my birthday. But apparently, April fourteenth, the day that I was uh, brought into this world, is Master Sunday. I can I can confirm that. And on top of that, the fucking final season of Game of Thrones is starting in the evening. That is that is a that is a day where I will not be getting off my fucking couch. I am going to be in bluffton south carolina just outside of hilton head um (laughs) i get to play a very special place called berkeley hall club Mm. gonna be playing there for four days sounds pretty good uh i'm ashamed to say that i will be flying home on master sunday i mean if you're gonna be out playing phenomenal golf and the reason that you're not watching is because you're in transit from playing phenomenal golf as far as I'd say, that's a pretty acceptable acceptable reason to be missing out on uh, the action at Augusta. My friend uh, scheduled the tournament. It's at his dad's place. He scheduled the flight. Getting a little teared up. <coughs> <laughs> kind of mad at Meredith. Meredith, I'm mad at you. <laughs> Katie can handle the family. Why are we not flying out Monday morning? I mean, is just out of curiosity, is it too late to... to move flights back to monday morning is, is this even possible the flight is booked uh, okay all right on that note i, I will m- quickly move on from there uh some other notes for the 2019 season so we have it w- what i think is really cool about the 2019 season and again i, I don't know how it's actually going to play out from a viewer standpoint until it's in the rearview mirror but what i think is really cool is that we now basically have a m- really big tournament or a really big event in professional golf taking place every single month I'm looking at from it. March pretty much up until October. And it's really exciting. So in March, we're going to have the Players Championship. April, we're going to have the Masters. You got the match play in March. The match play is The match play is. is in between the players and then the Texas Open and then the Masters. My fucking word. And to be fair, I actually really, I mean, I just love match play tournaments in general. I really like Austin Country Club, too. I think that is a fun course to watch the guys play match play at. Been to Austin. Phenomenal town. Need to go see that golf course. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, any any every Pete Dye course that I've ever uh, walked or played, I have fucking loved it. I think the guy is is a real goddamn magician, and certainly seems like he doesn't get quite enough uh, due for how absolutely phenomenal he is. But uh, yeah, so if we're okay, so now we got Players Championship in March and the match play in March, Masters in April, and then here's I I think maybe the biggest one of them all, uh, the PGA Championship will no longer be the forgotten fourth major that takes place after the other three important majors. I th- that is going to be moving up to May, which I think is fantastic. I think that is going to breathe a whole bunch of new life 
uh, into the PGA Championship. And even the most hardcore golfers who are watching it anyway, I think are going to find themselves enjoying it even more uh, in May than they were watching it in August. And certainly the weather throughout most of America is less humid and certainly a little more reasonable uh, in May than it would be late in summertime. Um, And so that's going to be taking place. And to kick it off in May, these guys get to go play fucking Bethpage Black. One of the best public courses, most challenging public courses in the entire continent of North America. Um, I'm I'm stoked to watch these guys play Bethpage Black in May. How about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, We can't forget about the Wells Fargo. That's that's true. Yeah, and Quail in there as well. Between the Masters and the the, the PGA. Um, God, the schedule is insane. That field's insane. That field is... That field is is really really good. What, what do you think? Why why is the field so good at the Wells Fargo? Just because the purse is so big? I think they really like the golf, the golf course? course. I think they really 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 like that golf course. Um, it's been it's I, it, when did it become popular? I mean, it, it probably I, I, I don't even really remember when the Wells Fargo think, Championship became like a thing. I think it, when it when it was Ricky's first win when he beat yeah, Rory it has, to be, has to be right when he beat Rory in the playoff. It was. That was a big one for him, and I just it, it looks like a phenomenal golf course. I mean, it certainly looks tits. I mean, it, yeah. it looks like it is very that, very that last flush. hole. I I I I'm um, Ryder Cup maybe Ryder Cup venue. Yeah, that last hole, that finishing hole. It, it's certainly I mean, if they if they could play a Ryder Cup at Le Golf National, they definitely could play with a quail. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> you know, uh, Pat Jordan, I'm drinking Miller Lite by the way. Yes. <laughs> I, I miss Pat Jordan. I, I I would like to I would like to see a guy in duct tape underwear more often. <laughs> Powerful Pat Jordan. All right. Uh, next one here. So if we have the PGA Championship in May, then we get to jump into the U.S. Open. Uh, yeah, as usual in June. Which, by the way, U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. I know we get to have the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach more so than any other single venue, but a major championship being contested at Pebble is never a bad thing. It's always phenomenal. So we get to have the U.S. Open at Pebble in June. And then, of course, we get to have the Open Championship in July, which this year is going to be at Royal Portrush, which Port Rush is it Port uh, Rush? It's Port Rush, excuse me. Yep. And f- obviously, I've never been to Ireland. I've played golf in Scotland. I'm very, very lucky in that regard. Um, never been to Ireland to play golf, but from all of the publications that I read that do all the rankings and stuff like that, it seems like it's pretty. It's almost a consensus opinion that uh, Port Rush is one of the five or six best. Lynx golf courses in all of the British Isles. I mean, it, it gets talked about uh, in the same way that you sometimes hear people talk about Dornick, which obviously I, I know you've played. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm assuming that they don't ever play Dornick in the Open because it's not long enough, or it's, it's not. Yeah, probably not long enough. But yeah. same thing as Spyglass, probably just not enough room for the crowds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my top favorite five golf, cor- golf courses. Um, I played. County Royal County Down, which is I believe pretty close. Which I've heard actually, a lot of people say that is the best course in the British Isles. If you don't, you know, if you take the nostalgia of the old course out of the equation, a lot of people say Royal County Down is numero uno, and then Portrush not far behind. No, it's it's I I I wasn't able to play Portrush, but I've heard it's very similar Mm -hmm. to um, County Down. So, and I I 100% agree. Um, old, Old course, if it weren't for the history, I think the new course is better than the old course. I I I um. It's. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've been to Scotland, but like, I remember playing the new course and the Jubilee yeah. and being like, these tracks are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if they're better or worse than the old course, but the fact that I'm even thinking that means they're pretty fucking good. Okay. T- uh, uh, quick tangent, please. First hole, old course, similar to Pebble, touristy, people taking pictures. Mm-hmm. 
behind the gate. Um, had to get permission from the golf course to play the tips. Literally was Googled. Luckily was granted permission. <laughs> so I'm walking back to the tips and all the tourists with their cameras hadn't seen anyone obviously tee off back there in a while or even that day. I don't even recall where the tips are on number one. Is so it part just, of the same? Do you have to go on the other side of like No, it's, it's, it's okay. right up against the fence. Okay. <laughs> and uh, a lot of these tourists were um, Asians. And I got the as almost, are prone to be. almost Hollywood treatment as I passed the whites back to the blues. And it was yes. the token, oh. <laughs> so great. So <laughs> I'm immediately a little bit more nervous than I would like. Hitting the first tee shot, hitting the first tee shot at arguably the most the most famous golf course in the world. I probably should have went for a four iron or a three wood, but I, I I grabbed the two iron. I, I, I did. I went for it. Uh, this was in the middle of our trip. I had you know maybe five or six rounds under my belt. Uh, Felt good about the game. Striped it. Very luckily striped it. But uh, uh, right after being on cloud nine. I was brought back down to earth. I hear a very faint yell as I'm walking to my ball. The next thing I know, I am struck with an errant tee shot from number 18. An Italian gentleman, as it would turn out, absolutely sniped one. This ball hits me dead center left thigh roughly six inches away from the family jewels yes and i am i i go down to a knee i mean the ball stayed right there it was not a glancing blow it it, it your your thigh absorbed 99 percent <laughs> so, of the uh, energy that was generated by this golf ball i go from thinking i'm literally tiger to <laughs> right, right back to be a jess <laughs> and the gentleman is jogging towards me Speaking Italian, trying to just force bills down my throat. He wanted to. I, I looking back, <laughs> as a twenty-five-year-old with like eleven hundred bucks in my bank account, I probably should have taken him up on it. <laughs> but but uh, that's my story um, about the old course. It was uh, how boy that hurt too. How was your golf swing feeling after your tee shot Luck- on number one? <laughs> luckily uncle jay had his flask a little bit and we got some adrenaline going because the round was just getting started but uh let's just say i was really happy when i got the wedge over the over the creek yes okay (laughs) you know what's funny like i'm surprised i don't hear more stories like that because i mean the gold course i mean it's such a i mean obviously it's a it's a pilgrimage for most golfers but it's also a huge tourist attraction and there's a a lot of hacks that are out playing uh, the old course. Yeah, no, that's why they, they, they literally, they'll, they'll, you, to be able to play the back tees, you have to get permission. Yeah, for sure. And they will remove you from the golf course. And it's they are all about pace of play over there. Mm-hmm. Four hours is a little excessive in their mind. Like, they're trying to get you done in three hours and 15 minutes. Uh, they're, they're trying to move people along. Sure. Um, marshals everywhere. It's, um, it's a pretty cool culture. As far as the caddies go, and a lot of the top courses, there'll be like three tiers of caddies. Like a, a bottom tier, literally like a high school kid just carrying your bag. Mid tier, maybe a little bit of course direction, read a couple putts. Mm-hmm. Or you could get the crafty old salty vet who's going to like literally 
guide you. Hit it here. <laughs> Put it here. <laughs> um, at Dornock, actually, we had uh, we went mid tier. Me and Uncle Jay went mid tier. He was a 21 year old college student. His name was Dougal, and he had probably one of the best lines I've ever heard in my life. The third hole at Dornock is his dog leg left with nothing but gorse on the left, and Uncle Jay hits this quick snipe hook, literally 150 yards off the tee, right into the green and yellow gorse. Yeah, you're not finding that. And and Uncle Jay has it was round two of the day. Uh, little little red wine was in him at this point. Uh, has the gall to ask Dougal. Dougal, you think we'll find that one? And Dougal goes, Laddie, you could strap bacon to it, and Lassie couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Dougal, oh, Dougal was my guy. There, he he tried to get his go out afterwards. He, he, there was a festival in town in Tain, and Dougal. <laughs> I, I, I highly doubt you're listening, but you're the man, Dougal. <laughs> Dougal might be my new favorite caddy. That, that is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, Dougal is good. Good people. I, I will say that actually eclipses the best line that I've heard from a caddy, which isn't even like, I'm sure this is like something the guy uses all the time, and there's no possible way that he came up with it. Uh, when I was playing around, when I had a caddy, and uh, I'm looking at him like, what do you think? One, two balls out, left side? He's like, Absolutely right. Grandpa's pajamas on the left side. <laughs> and I was like, what? He goes, two balls out. And I was like, damn it, that's good. Ah, I got to I, I gotta, I gotta use that. Uh, however, your, your boy is... Dougal. Dougal is just absolutely phenomenal. That, that, that is fantastic. <laughs> All right. If we were jumping back into uh, 2019 news, yep. uh, so we're talking that uh, the Open Championship is obviously going to be in July. And then that puts us with... The playoffs in August, and then we either have either the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup uh, in September. President's Cup. Or President's Cup or Ryder Cup, you know, every other yep. year. Yep. I mean, that is a fucking amazing yeah. schedule. Uh, I mean, just having something to really look forward to every single month uh, is absolutely amazing. I, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, and then some other uh, little more minor notes for the schedule is we have new tournaments, uh, both in Detroit and Minneapolis at the end of July, beginning or end of June, beginning of July. Uh, I think Detroit Country Club, an old Donald Ross course is going to be on there, which should be awesome to watch. Uh, Firestone is no more. It has been mm-hmm. taken off the calendar. The WGC event that normally takes place at Firestone will now be held in Tennessee somewhere and will be labeled the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Uh, do, do you have any thoughts on, on Firestone coming off the schedule? Uh, it's too bad they couldn't keep that on the schedule. Uh, obviously... Uh, my mom is from Akron, been to the golf course, beautiful facility. Uh, I know that was a, a favorite stop of the guys on tour in the yep. summer. It can be a little humid. The weather can be a little cantankerous. Sure. Um, not surprised, but uh, what, what else they got in there? Are, are we going Punta Cana this year? <laughs> I think it is on the schedule. Are we going somewhere. to the DR? Uh, yes, I think that is the competing tournament that is up against that WGC. So I, I can't imagine we'll be seeing anybody worth watching. Uh down there so uh those are our 2019 notes so now let's re- this is actually what i'm most excited about from this entire podcast i i, I want to go through s- these players and kind of see what our 2019 expectations are for uh, a couple of various players on tour so um i i know you and i probably are excited to talk about one guy specifically <laughs> but uh we're gonna start with the most famous of the entire bunch and that is uh again as of right now mid-january the 12th ranked player in the world coming off one win in the 2018 season but you know luckily for him it was the tour championship and that is 30 players uh 30 players 
none other than uh, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Yeah, I agree. Um, first of all, before we even talk about 2019, what what would you think about the 2018 Tiger experience? It was emotional. It was awesome. It was trying at times. I you know, you know. Obviously, I'm a massive Tiger fanboy. Anybody who's mm-hmm. listening to this podcast knows that I will do anything to watch Tiger Woods. And I'm always rooting for Tiger. I don't know if you are the same way, but what, what, how did you enjoy and what were your thoughts on Tiger's 2018 season? I'm really glad he won. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it seemed like we've been hearing, you know, my, my game is good. My, I'm getting, I'm getting close. I mean, how many times did he say he was close? More times than I can count. Um, really glad he won. Uh, those golf fans out there, and you're probably a golf fan if you're listening to the podcast, golf is in a bad spot. Golf courses are closing down every day almost, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, anything like this. Tiger, he he took the game to a whole new level. Hopefully he can get it back there. Um, the you sport know, literally depends on him. It, that, literally, is, that is a crazy burden to be able to carry. Man. It's, he moves the needle. He's he. I mean, even my grandma, when he was first coming out, I used to tease her and I said, Oh, what are you doing, Grandma? What are you doing watching Tigger? And she would visibly get upset at me and remind me that it's Tiger, not Tigger. Uh, this is a retired school teacher and nutritionist. My grandma was, I mean, if that isn't the perfect example of what Tiger does for the game, figure it out, people. We got to get Tiger. Help. Tiger, go on a run. Save the game of golf. Please. Let's do it. Please. I mean, I if there was any way he could be in the hunt on Sunday at Augusta, can you imagine? I mean, to be fair, I thought he was going to be in the hunt at Augusta last year, and that's without a single win. I mean, granted, it was only, yeah, you know, like, what, two or three weeks removed from when he came in second at the Valspar behind Paul Casey. He you teased know, us for quite a bit. He, he teased us, and, you know, I, I, I bought in. I thought he was going to be in contention. Granted, he wasn't bad at Augusta last year. Yeah, he no. just wasn't in contention. Um, with that all being said, the last time we saw Tiger, actually, I can't remember. Did he play in his tournament at the Hero World Challenge? Yeah, he did. Poorly. Okay, okay. so he played poorly there. He wasn't great at the Ryder Cup. Granted, he had just won his first tournament in how many years? Yeah, he just was I mean, let's call it, he was just not good. He was exhausted. He didn't want to be there. He even admitted it. Um, yeah. That was, oh, he had zero juice going that week. Yeah. And and his Ryder Cup record is maybe the only blemish on his resume when it's all said and done. Yeah. If you were hunting and looking for, you know. If you were a Tiger hater and trying to yes. break him down, Which that's probably. Wild, wildly, there are golf fans out there that just don't like Tiger Woods. Yeah. Who the fuck are these people? Well, they're, they're probably people that don't like drug use and cheating <laughs> on their spouses with servers and we don't we, everyone knows this story they don't but everyone they don't loves like traditional american role models exactly but everyone loves redemption story i mean to see this guy get back like we talk, i think it's really important really important that we need him to win but do you remember when he was just literally taking the runner-up soul on the back nine on sundays just literally continuously shutting the door right in their face. Michael Campbell, you are a 12-year-old child. Oh. I'd like you to go home, please. Oh. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I mean, 
if that guy can get if we can see him start to finish a tournament to where literally in the, his heyday in the 2000s and early you know, early next century if he had a lead come down the stretch we expected him to it stretch was a, it. it was almost it like was a guarantee done deal yeah I, let's go to the golf course instead of watching him finish the back nine like let's go play we want to go play golf we just watched him do it so well that's what we need inspiring people to play golf. absolutely quite literally, quite literally. it's uh it's crazy i was talking to i may have mentioned this in the podcast before so i'm sorry to any listeners but i was talking to a general manager at a course uh here in the bay area last april or may and you know talking about tiger coming back he's like dude it is so crazy that as soon as Tiger Woods finished second at the Valspar and he started to come in it, the equipment sales in my golf shop doubled. It literally doubled. Like, the effect that Tiger Woods has on the economy of golf is immeasurable. It's absolutely insane. I mean, as a guy who literally your entire livelihood is based on the golf industry, mm-hmm. you you mean you coach high school you know, golf, you work at a golf course, you're a teacher, I mean, all this kind of stuff like that. I mean, you have to have noticed how dramatic the effect is of Tiger on golf courses everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, look at the TV ratings. That's that's the needle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those people that are watching, they're gonna buy the clubs. They're gonna come play twice a week instead of once a week. Yeah. The golf business needs Tiger Woods. It's it's plain and simple. Yeah. They need Tiger Woods, and they're gonna need somebody that's like Tiger Woods Absolutely. in a couple of years when Tiger really does finally get to the age where even if he's healthy, he just wouldn't be physically able to compete with the young guys anymore. You're really gonna need somebody to step up. So. Um, with that all being said, as we look to 2019, Tiger Woods, you know, we don't even, I mean, it was 500-something in the world rankings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the, at the start of last season. He is now 12. Yep. He is one of the 15 top-ranked players in the world, yep. even with one win. If I asked you, if I gave you the over-under of one and a half for victories in this golf season, where are you going? Um... Uh... I think I'm taking the over. Yeah. I think I'm taking the over, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I give you the over-under on major championships for Tiger Woods in 2019 at a half. So basically, does he win one or not? In your finest, most calculated guesstimation, where do you think Tiger's going to win one this year? I mean, really. Looking at the venues here, I think between Beth Page and Augusta, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I think I would do. I mean, it's just, he just I've watched him for too many years. Granted, it's now a long time ago, but I've just seen him be so good so many times that it's hard to get that out of my head. I think he's 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 got his confidence back. I uh, certainly hope so. You know, I really really God, Sunday at Augusta would be unbelievable. <laughs> I, you know, are you going to be on a flight that actually has live television? That oh, could be I'm a game changer. Gonna, they, I think they all do. I got to do it. Yeah, I'm so I'm swiping for sure. Yeah, eight dollars. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's that's the easiest eight dollars you ever spent. Swipe down. <laughs> 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 oh, amazing. Uh, all right. So if we go over to Tiger, uh, let's go. Let's jump to the number two ranked player in the world. Now he has been number one uh, in the past few months, but as we are recording this podcast, he is currently ranked in number two as the number two player in the world. He is competing. Uh, at the HSBC Abu Dhabi this weekend. And that, of course, is the three-time major champion. Well, that feels weird to say when I'm talking about Brooks Kepka. It does. I, granted, before his win in 2017, I had heard his name, but I just didn't know shit about Brooks Kepka. And now, all of a sudden, he's the you know biggest, buffest, 
you know, longest hitting robot on the PGA Tour that just seems to bring it for big events. And I, I honestly don't really know what to think of Brooks Kepka. That something about his personality kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, but I can't deny the fact that the guy, it, guy just puts on a fucking stripe show. The guy hits a ball a fucking country mile and he hits it dead straight. Which, uh, according to Brandel Chambly, hitting it long and straight is the most difficult thing to do in golf. Yeah, he hits it. And if anything, it's a little bit of a cut. Um, if that guy could could develop a, a tip over draw where that thing hooks like three or four yards, I think it'd be it'd be almost illegal. Yeah, it'd be a game changer. Yeah, you, you just would you wouldn't see him losing anymore. Yeah, I think you put dust in that same. Those guys are such freak athletes. I mean, it's almost like in some part of my dreams, I would I would love for Brooks to go play in the NFL, and and. And Dustin just go like back to college, play college basketball, just to <laughs> prove that he could, or just um, you know, or go start. You know, I mean, I don't know, Dustin. I'm actually really curious because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Dustin. You know, fuck it, let's just talk about him now because yeah, they, yeah. they both they share a trainer. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we can put Brooks and Dustin the same yeah. uh, in the same category. Whose golf swing do you like watching more? Because Dustin's golf swing, Dustin's fault. Fo- I mean, Dustin's is is a lot more homemade. Like, something pre- you wouldn't probably teach with the. The like, the how, saw off and, and flat afterwards. Um, I was saying, like, how would you define the way that he like kind of like folds his wrist back like that? Yeah, but, the, I mean, yeah, the wrist, the, the bowed wrist. Um, feel there, there weren't. I, I'm guessing th- that's just how he he felt, and 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 no one really. It worked so well that no it, one really. No, changed no, it. Don't, no instructor was dumb enough I, to tell him to stop doing it. I guess exactly. Yeah, um, but Brooks, that 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 golf swing. From a technical standpoint, I mean that that is the the that is the perfect example of a perfect you know uh, oh my god what am I I'm blanking out on my uh, plane wise and, and and you know where the golf club is coming from and, and where it ends up I mean TrackMan excuse me that's the perfect powerful TrackMan golf swing it, it looks like the guy could just roll out of bed and hit a seven hundred two hundred yards I mean it's I, I wouldn't doubt it he probably does all the time <laughs> um, but yeah it, it's hard to not it's it's hard to find something wrong with his golf swing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, now that so now he has won major championships now in each of the last two years and two major championships last year. Which, again, if you're talking about the list of guys that have won multiple major championships in a single season, that list is not very long. And you, so I'm going to interrupt you real quick, please. Um, how was he not Sportsman of the Year? That was a big. Uh, <laughs> the golf world was shocked. Um, LeBron got Sportsman of the Year. Um, didn't win a championship. I believe he got swept in the championship series. Did he not? Uh, didn't play defense, which I I think is half the game. Is it half the game? If you're trying to be technical and mathematical about it, it is actually half the game. Yes. Small tangent. Um, but I I mean the season he had, and granted, these guys aren't playing as many terms as they used to. If he had five other wins. And you know, had a VJ type season, then yeah, but I mean to repeat, yeah, I picked them by the way that week. Yeah. Um, Who was the last person to defend a U.S. Open title? Curtis Strange. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is crazy, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially at those golf courses. I mean, and then to win another major, as many. Okay, so when at a major now. You have, you know, except, well, yeah, even at Augusta, you have the amateurs. You're looking at maybe, and the way they're coming into the week playing, maybe two dozen, 30, 40 at most, 
who have a legitimate chance of winning that week. You know what I mean? That that, that number sounds about right to me. Based yeah. on based on their trend. Sure. Okay, and their experience and this and that. But those 30 guys are really fucking good. I mean, the separation between 1 and 50 on the PGA Tour now is like a fucking desolate. These guys are so fucking good. It's fucking scary. And for him to repeat at a U.S. Open, it, it's honestly, this day and age it's is... It's hard to fathom that it's even possible. Yeah, I mean, it's... But if it's going to be someone... It's going to be someone like him with his type of game where it... You know, there's, there's horses for courses. Freddie at Augusta will may- be making cuts if he wants till till he's 65. I love that saying, by the way. I'm, okay. go- I'm going to use that. But at these US, U.S. Open venues, it's they change so much, and they are so different from year to year. To, to see a guy repeat at the U.S. Open, <coughs> very impressive. I yeah. thought, and it's now that we're all maybe getting closer to accepting golfers as athletes, which they certainly should be. Yeah. I thought it was warranting, wa- yeah. warranting a, a sportsman of the year. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I absolutely would agree with that. Um, do you think he wins another major this year? I guess if I give you the, you know, a half. I mean, you almost kind of have to say yes just because of how unbelievable he is. That you got to. I mean, the odds are that if, yeah. for any individual golfer, you say, you know, uh, what are the chances they win a major this year? Logically, you should say no because. Only four guys are going to win a major, and there's, there's only four. There's only four, right? So, I mean, obviously, but like, if there's anybody that you have a lot of confidence that is going to get another one this year, he'd have he'd have to be there for me. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely at the top of my list. Um, that being said, it's really hard to win majors. <laughs> super, super hard it's, to win majors. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, he he he's there, but I already having three, I think probably not this year. Just because we don't, I mean, I I hope he doesn't do what Spieth is doing, which is this absolutely downward spiral. But I I, I think he pro- I think he has a good year. Yeah, I think he has. Pro he I, you know, I think he's gonna make cutting all of them. I probably top twenty in all of them just because he has that type of major game where it, it carries from course to course. Yeah, uh, and he's so consistent of a ball striker. Yeah, he's so but I, good. I think he'll be there in a couple of them, but I I don't think he gets one this year. Okay. That's fair. Uh, well, the only person in the world rankings that – the only person that is higher in the world rankings than Brooks Kepka at this very moment is the 39-year-old Englishman, Mr. Justin Rose. That guy's an ATM. <laughs> He's money all day. I And I wonder – it's very rarely you see a number one player in the world switch equipment in the offseason. He is – Hanma. Hanma. Do you have any thoughts on switching to Hanma for the number one player in the world? They must have paid him an insane amount of money. I mean, I got to tell you what. I mean, this has to be. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know if they sell. They're just breaking into the U.S. market. I don't know how many sets of irons they have to sell in Asia. To, I mean, I. He, I mean, it had to be a ton of money. I granted, I'm a little biased because it's one of my guilty pleasure movies, and I just watched it a couple of weeks ago, but. In the back of my mind, I keep thinking, you know, him, you know, you know, testing out clubs at like the Hanma facility, and just somebody coming up to him. Oh, you need uh, Japanese steel. (laughs) 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 Is it you need the Hattori Hanzo? Like, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. right. It's great, it's great visual. Thank you, great visual. That that is what I need. It's like, I, 
the thing is, he's so fucking good. I'm not really sure it's going to be negatively affecting him at all. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's always that doubt. Um, yeah, surprising, you know. It, it, it was surprising. And here's the thing: I I wouldn't have guessed that he's 39 already. I mean, the fact that he's actually only like a couple years. 1998 is what was he 16 in the open in yeah. 1998? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's getting up there, man. Yeah, I mean, he's 39 17, years old. 16, yeah, I mean, he's only what three years behind Tiger now in terms of age, uh, but he's the number one player in the world. He's never not good. I mean, that's the thing is like he he is a be- he doesn't go through those he doesn't go through those dry spells. No, it, to me, like Justin Rose is basically the player that is a better version of Charles Howell the yeah. third. Charles Howell the third has just had an unbelievable career where he is just netting top 25 after top 25 never really wins but he's just consistently God, I was excellent happy to see him all the time here. yes love but seeing that at, we're, at sea island justin rose is like kind of the same thing where he's just he is always in the top 10 yeah like he he probably doesn't win as many golf tournaments as his fans would like to see him win but the dude never finishes outside the top 10 he is so consistently amazing he would probably win more if he played more one yeah. of those type deals these guys just aren't playing you know, you got the whole Rory thing with the European Tour. Rory, you got to commit to these events to keep your membership. Uh, and you forget, these guys are independent contractors. So, literally, they don't like being told what to do. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, he is – Justin Rose is – I think when it's all said and done, some of his stat lines are going to be staggering. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you, do you think this is a year where he might be able to snag a major somewhere? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the courses where – Personally, like, granted, in my absolute dream scenario, Tiger obviously wins a, at Augusta. Mm-hmm. You know, Tiger winning a green jacket is my ultimate professional golf fantasy for at some point in the next couple of years. That being said, if Tiger can't win a green jacket, I would love to see Rosie get one. Absolutely. I, I, high I mean, draw. The high draw plays. Oh, absolutely. And, and he is, like you said, he's a goddamn ATM machine. I yep. mean, he's just, he's money all day long. So, um, you, you like Rose's uh, prospects then for the season? I think season? he gets one this year. Okay. With that all being said, let's let's jump to the guy that I know that both of us are aching to talk about. Finish him. He is somehow the defending Masters champion. He is also the single most unlikable guy that we've seen on the PGA Tour in a long, long time. Uh I have no idea what to think of P. Reed going into 2019. I mean, you can't deny the fact that he is I've got a few thoughts. very good at golf. But I just, you know, from a performance standpoint, I have no idea what he is going to do this year. So what I would like is for you, the guy with substantially more, not just, you know, quantity-wise more thoughts, but probably a lot more quality takes than I do, to really, I I say go for it. Just just let give me everything you got. I, I'll talk whenever you want to, but I, I just, I need somebody to help me understand what i should be expecting from patrick reed in 2019 it's almost like he likes being the villain uh he he is the best heel that the pga tour has had in a long the long guy time can't, he can't get out of his own way i mean stealing stuff from your teammates at georgia and then it's almost like he thrives on it because then he goes to augusta and wins two natties there and th- th- that, he put that college on the map and I doesn't make any sense. It's almost like he God, it's almost like he tries to back himself into a corner and then claw his way out. I mean, even in the Ryder Cups, the the, the shushing <laughs> shushing other grown men in in a game where it's it's supposed to be a gentleman's game and, and especially with the crowd 
shushing the crowd. It pays to have them on your side, and now you're going to. It's he did that to himself, and then you know the whole the hold off finish and the just kind of the the way he walks the the way he dealt with the cameraman uh, the whole thing that you know his family can't even stand him or something. I mean, the guy is just like it's like he's trying to keep sponsors away. He's a goddamn tire fire. He is like a- <laughs> Nike is like. Can we get legal on the line? I mean, can we? L terminate? Can we terminate this contract? This guy is—he's killing us image-wise. He is just like a big grown baby. I mean, physically, he actually does remind me of a very large toddler. He's a—I mean, I'm not knocking the weight thing. Uh, I'm a little overweight myself. It's a but, but put, got, put one in the fat guy column no, for, he's for the like, majors. He's but, got the baby. He's got like the baby, you know, face. Like it's the baby fat face. Like, yeah. It, I don't know. Yeah. There's not a lot of not not a lot of tone. Um, <laughs> I, part of me is like, yeah, fat guy, go get him. But then it's like, dude, you're such a dick. I know you're fucking really. Like making, if you're a fat guy, you got to be really likable. Yes. I mean, you like you got to try likable for anybody. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to try. Like the whole thing is. Or you got to be John yeah, Bailey you can and make drinking so much... beer and playing golf. You yeah, know, you, you got to have something. You can't just be a fucking dick. The guy needs a little more Kisner in him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Kisner's got a little beer gut. You, you, there's ways you got to. Uh, it's he's going about it all wrong. I, I don't understand. And well, now he's in this corner. It's like, dude, no one wants to play. Jordan Spieth went from being his biggest fan. He literally had the U.S. golf fans in. In his pocket, the way he had performed. Captain America, they called him. And he just totally just threw that in the tra- Jordan Spieth didn't even want to play with him. And like why, those guys were... And why Jordan would Spieth, Jordan Spieth want to play with them? Those guys He's were, a fucking dick. Those guys were unbeatable as partners. And it was so bad that Spieth was like, I don't want to fucking play with that guy. Like, I don't... Spieth was fucking worried about his image. Can you leave him off a president's or Ryder Cup team even if he's like qualified just because he's just a no. cancer to a team? You qualify, you're in. But oh, man. I I certainly don't think he'll be ever be a fucking captain's pick yeah. again. <laughs> I uh, I would agree with that because a lot of those guys have just gen- genuine disdain for the guy, and from all the stories that I hear, justifiably so. Yeah, you know, boy, it's <sighs> just a complete one eighty. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And and the thing is, uh, as I'm thinking on it, I don't think he really played any tournaments in the fall. I don't recall him playing either of the last couple weekends in Hawaii. So I, I have no idea where his golf game's at. He, and played, so he played decent. At the DOC? He played the Century. Yeah, he played. Okay, I, don't, right. I don't I, think he played Sony. Uh, I, I didn't look, actually. Yeah, I just I, I have no idea where his golf swings at. I have no idea what to expect from Patrick Reed in 2019. Oddly enough, he was a guy that had been floated around when I did uh, our Masters preview last year with Casey, uh, you know, saying, hey, this is, it's very, I mean, he is exceptional. He's really good. Uh, he could win. But, I mean, he was one of 15 guys we were saying that about. We Neither one of us certainly had any inclination that, like, yeah, he is a, a, a top pick. Um, and, you know, you, you don't get to be in that point. You don't win a major championship. You don't win at Augusta unless you are incredibly good at golf. All right? Unless you are one of the best players in the world. So, with that being said, 
it, what are we supposed to expect from him in 2019? Uh, he's a professional, uh, clearly. So he can set aside the stuff we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't have got to where he is without the internal drive. Um, he went from being so rootable for. I mean, you could literally, it was, you could, the Americans should have, and they did captain America, the, the beer belly, the, the second chin, uh, the flushed face, very easy to root for the guy. Mm-hmm. Now it's get that guy off my screen. You know, it's funny though. Like kind of get him off my screen, but I was saying before, like, he is fun to root against. It could he, is be, it, he is now actually a legitimately good villain. It could be a train wreck type scenario where you you, you can't look away. Um, I, I think he's he's too good to just completely fall off the map. But I agree. He can flat out play. Um, I'm not going to root for the guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a tournament this year. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised at all. He's very talented. Yeah. Oh, all right, P. Reed, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, let, let's start doing this thing uh, in bunches here. So the crew, the young guys who are all really, really good buddies. Uh, mm-hmm. I, what do you remember? What the they they go on that shirtless, uh, yeah, you know, some, golf trip in the Bahamas every year, two BK or whatever stuff. I'm, Ricky, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, between those three guys, and Smiley. And Smiley Cup, although ever ever <laughs> since his Smiley's fi- looking for status, ever, ever since his final <laughs> round at Augusta, I I've not heard a lot of positive or seen a lot. Although he is sponsored by Natty Light, hashtag Smiley needs starts. <laughs> Poor Smiley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hey, have have you dialed in your Kawhi laugh yet, <laughs> dude? I, I try. But- where was it at a game where like in between whistles they were doing the Kawhi laugh oh um fuck, where was this was it utah where was it something like that where they were just playing that like oh, loop the, over and oh. over and over again it was so bravo to that department whoever did that you need a raise oh stat. my god speaking <laughs> of of basketball operations did you know our friend john william kelly is the scoreboard operator for the golden state warriors is that true? One hundred percent. Let me tell you a cool story, please. So I love cool stories. He had been the scoreboard operator at USF for five or six years, mm-hmm. and once a year, for the last six years, he emailed the Warriors saying, "When that job becomes available, I want that job." Anyways, the hiring guy with the Warriors did a little digging, responded, and said, "Have you been sending us emails every year?" telling us that you're going to be the next scoreboard operator john's like well yeah i really want the job and they gave him the job so it's amazing now he uh just recently i think it was two games ago he texted um uh, small thread matt gopel and jordan boards jordan texted us that he finally got the uh, pregame fist bump from steph i'm trying to explain dream i'm trying to explain to his dad phil kelly attorney at law that Pretty soon, he's going to be getting invited for golf rounds with Steph and Iggy and Clay. And they're going to be like, hey, John, we, we need a fourth. And you're going to be like, well, can we got two groups? Because I got my buddy Boat in Santa Rosa, and he's going to bring up a couple guys. <laughs> I was going to say, how do, we, how do we sneak past Johnny it, and, John, and take that fourth spot? John, you don't see how this is going to develop. This is 
this is gonna you're gonna be going to Clay's pool parties. This is gonna this is gonna happen. John William oh, Kelly strikes again. Oh, he could hang out with that super kick-ass uh, equipment uh, guy that they, they gave the ring to at the, the ceremony this year. The, at, a, the, at a game last week, he's doing scoreboard. His teammate and one of his best friends, Dustin Bauer, younger brother Brandon Bauer, are sitting four rows above him. And then you got the Daryl of all Daryls, Tyler Tiedemann, in a suite. Captain Daryl. Drinking domestic lights and <laughs> mowing hot dogs. So it was a pretty, pretty big game for the Viking family. <laughs> that is, it's very nice to hear, you know, Montgomery High School being very well represented at the World Champions. Absolutely. Arena. It, it's really, really great. That makes me feel, give me all kinds of good feels yep. inside. Um, side note, could Steph Curry beat Jordan Spieth in an 18-hole match right now? <laughs> <laughs> Under Armour would not <laughs> let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jordan. Oh, Jordan. What is all right? If we're gonna go back and say what, what he, from a guy who knows the golf swing a hell of a lot better than I do, what the fuck is up with Jordan Spieth right now? There's some timing issues. Um, He's obviously not the world's mainly, greatest putter right now, which no, is you know a ma- calling card ma- of his. Hey, the putting. So it, the putting sets the table. Okay. If you're not confident in your putting, you're not going to be confident in your wedge play, your iron play. Your sand game, you're not going to be confident off the tee. These, it sets the table. It's backwards. If you're not confident in your putting, you're not going at flags. You're not able to go at flags. You're not, you're not thinking clearly. You're not hitting smart shots. You're not, you're not being more aggressive on your first putt. The guy's leaving a lot of putts short. A okay, lot of, a lot of putts short. Before that, he wasn't thinking about the comebacker. He wasn't, and you know some of the good putters I've, I've played. Probably the best putter I ever played with was a college teammate at Chico, J.J. Jakovac, who now caddies for Ryan Moore and married his sister. So he's got some job security. But Good, good for him. He was, uh, to date, I think the only Division II golfer to play on the Palmer Cup team. Really? So Ryan Moore was his roommate. And the Palmer Cup is it's uh, an annual event where the top American players take on the top uh, European players. Hmm. Arnold Palmer founded it. And... But it's different from the Walker Cup, right? Different from the Walker Cup. Okay. The Walker Cup is every two years. Right. Okay. Palmer's and every year? Palmer's every year. Okay. And, yeah. you know, so he got to play on that team with uh, Ryan Moore and a bunch of other good players. And uh, I was lucky enough to play with JJ. And we played a lot. We played just about every day together to practice because I wanted to learn. Um, two-time national champion. Um, yes. I go, D- what, what, what are you thinking? Because the guy would just constantly just hoop 20-footers. And I'm like, that would be an amazing, dude. Amazing a lot of these, have. Are, and then even on the, on the ten footers, he'd hit him a little bit more aggressively than I would like. Yeah. You know, I, I like keeping the hole wide. You know, I like gravity on my side. Yeah. But he he was not afraid of the the, the four footer coming back because he in quotes wasn't worried about the next putt because he wasn't going to have a next putt. You know what I mean? And it's you see some. That's the guy working with a unit right there. That, you that, that is a some, confident man. You see some hesitation in Jordan Spieth. Yeah, for sure. Trying the new grips. The, the confidence and hesitation are the two worst things that you can lack with, with, with a putting stroke. Yeah. And it's, it's seeping into his iron game. It's seeping into his game off the tee. The guy literally, when he first came out, was when he made – he could hit it like crap because he knew all he had to do was have one good stroke on that hole and he's going to make par. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
it's it's putting a lot of pressure on the other aspects of the game, and, and no one really talked about it. But now, they're talking about it, and he yeah. hears things. He's human. It's hard. I know. The what he, he's basically he's lost a little bit of the magic dust that he had sprinkled all over himself. Yeah. Which uh, do do you think it's at all possible he gets any of that back? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's in there. Just like it was with, with Tiger. Okay. You know, Jordan hasn't had an injury that we know of. Who knows? He, that we he, know of. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 in there. They just got to put the right numbers back in the calculator. They got to get the formula right. I mean, he, he's he's too talented. He's too good. Yeah, he's won absolutely. too many times where he he I I'm, I'm with you. He'll figure it out again. Yeah. I guess then the question becomes, does he find it again in the next six months? Who ba- based on the way that you probably saw him play a little bit at the Sony last weekend? Um, yeah, I mean, is he is he too far away from finding it? to think that he can get it back in the somewhat near future. I think, yeah. I, I think it's it, it because it's it's not really a technical issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like... It's, it's a mojo thing. Yeah. It's, it's one good week, and he could literally run off three in a row. You know what I mean? Because he's got that type of talent. Yeah. And when the guy's putting, the hole looks like a manhole cover. Yeah. So it's... For him, it's I, I think it's just total confidence, man. Yeah, and lucky for him, the Masters is the first tournament, you know, the first major of the year, and there is no, it seems like there is nothing that gets him dialed in. No, like Augusta National, one hundred percent. It's it's horses for courses. The, the people they just think differently around certain golf courses, and for him, it's a it's kind of the you know the the start line to his career, and yeah. he's going to be able to draw back on so many good memories mm-hmm. which is extremely important the visualization in golf is Mon- so important monumental. when you can instead of focusing on something a, a, a bad result if you can try and find something positive that happened somewhere it's huge i mean it is absolutely huge how does marco miro win five at&t's He's hitting a fucking super kick-ass strata golf ball. <laughs> how does <laughs> how does that? I mean, just looking at the great balance, but the guy had to only be hitting it like comparatively on two seventy-eight, two seventy, low two seventy. Low I mean, two seventy. The guy was not ge- not generated a lot of club head speed. No, but it's it's the little things like that. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I've made this putt to win a major. Just probably when they, you know, he'll probably play it quite a bit leading up. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll probably make three or four trips. Bring so. bring his caddy, bring yep. his dad. Um, just to kind of get some positive vibes going. Yeah. Uh, and even when Phil was struggling, you just get to certain places and it's like, okay, Phil's at Augusta. No. Yeah. Like, would not be surprised if he first round 66s us. Just, you know what I mean? It's just some people can forget the bad yeah in some in some good spots yeah yep. i agree with you uh with the the other 2k bahama yeah. you know crew other, other than smiley uh any thoughts on uh you know ricky and and jt coming to this year i ricky is now engaged is going to be married uh getting married to a very uh very attractive olympian uh justin thomas obviously you know probably has got himself a young uh, a young nice little piece on his side i think jordan spieth just got married here in the off season. Uh, as well, um, you know, significant others aside, do, do you anticipate that this could this finally be the year that Ricky wins a major? I think it has to be. 
it has to happen at some point, right? I, 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 <laughs> he's he's too good. Um, God, I wanted him to win that. I mean, we'll talk about Justin here in a sec, but Ricky is the way that guy puts the ball. I mean, he's a great ball striker, mm-hmm. but that putting stroke, it just it seems effortless. You lift it up a little bit too. I mean, it's. When you're, he when you're, looks. He looks like a machine. Well, when you're talking about letting gravity do it, when you want yeah. that hole to be bigger, yeah. I think he takes that same approach just with the the club out of his putter. Yep. He just kind of lifts it up and just just drops it right on the ball and just lets the it go. The thing rolls. I mean, the thing starts rolling immediately. His, his putting stroke is it, it literally is flawless. If I were to teach a putting stroke other than mine, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going Ricky. If uh, if you had to pick one of the four, like if Ricky is going to win a major in 2019. Which major do you think he has the best chance at, given you know his golf swing, the way that he plays? I mean, I, he came as close as he's ever came at Augusta last year. Do you, do you think that's the tournament that he can actually win if he's going to get one? Or would you like his odds better at a, a Beth Page or a Pebble or you know, Port Rush? I, I think Augusta. Yeah. I think Augusta. Just because the greens are so good. Um, he's so versatile with what he can do with the golf ball. He's so, I mean... He, and he's fucking fun to watch, too, He's man. He's an artist, man. He's, he's really fun to watch. He's an artist. He He's... And he's so... How do you not root for the guy? I I don't know. He's, I, I, don't, I don't have the, an answer to that question. He's the modern-day Phil. Like, he's... He is... That's actually... That's a... I never thought... He, I've never thought that before, but that is a great fucking point. He's so bankable. He's amazing with the, the, the media and signing autographs. He does everything right. Yeah. You know, and he was... I think I remember hearing him uh, about uh, a lunch he had with Arnold Palmer to the point was make sure that when you leave, the people you, you, you deal with, you leave them with a smile on their face. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you see Phil doing the thumbs up. and every, You know, Phil, Phil, I wasn't there, but Phil was at a um, Chico State Athletic Hall of Fame induction of his dad and uncle. No way. They started the ski team at Chico. God, and cool. from what I heard – Phil didn't leave the party until everyone that wanted a picture or an autograph got one. That's it's awesome. just the little things like that. Like he, yeah. like he gets it, and I think Ricky is the exact same way. Yeah. Like he's trying to leave the game in a better spot than than when he came on the scene. That's a great I, I, point. He's, I think he's, and, and you always see him on the posters for junior golf, dude. Like when Rory came out a couple years ago and said, "I didn't, I didn't start playing golf to make a difference or something along those lines." You know what I mean? When he was like, "I, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that." It's like Ricky. I feel like dude, he gets it. Like yeah, he absolutely gets it. Like and that's why every junior golfer that you see right now has idolizes a, has Ricky. A, has a Puma head cover and is wearing an orange shirt. Yeah. Like I love it. Love it. How do you not root for a guy like Ricky? I, I and totally when he gets agree. that first major, oh, oh, it is going to be really I think the, the entire golf world is going to celebrate. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Um, and then if you go for a guy that has one. And JT, um, it was a little shocking not to see him do a little better in these last uh, couple Hawaiian tournaments because that's a, typically a part of the schedule that he just seems to really thrive in. Mm-hmm. I mean, goddamn, he shot a 59 at Wailai, y- you yep. know, just a year or two ago. Um, and he, I mean, he, he's still he's still the number four ranked yeah, player in the world. Machine, I mean, you know, he's, we, he's obviously incredible. Um, we, I, hear him, we hear him talking about, I think him, the younger, the younger generation – if they get in a little, a little rut, it's like they don't work their way. They don't go hit a thousand golf balls. Mm-hmm. They see construction, and for him, it's his dad, and they talk about it a lot. 
right? Like, all you know, he's, he's been working on this. And it's like, which kind of brings me back to when Tiger was, like, going through swing instructors. Mm-hmm. My stance was, hey, you fucking Daryl, there's this website you can go to called fucking Google. <laughs> Why don't you fucking Google yourself? <laughs> Literally, to just Google yourself and be like, wow, that is me. Instead of fucking the guy wearing a fucking satchel, Sean, whatever the fuck his name, Foley, who was, okay, but why the fuck am I going to wholeheartedly put all my fucking change in that guy's fucking wheelbarrow? Yeah. Who, like, what, is what Sean the Foley fuck? I, I don't know. Like, it, it, he was winning with Butch. He was winning with Hank Haney. Tiger, it's been you all along, dude. You are literally the only constant through all of this. <laughs> hit, <laughs> hit the fucking dirt. Get some fucking calluses going. Just go get fucking better again. Yes. And, and I should, I'm should. i a fucking teaching professional, and I just said that. Yeah. Okay. But for some of these guys, they get too fucking technical. And they don't just fucking fuck this. He, I can get back to where I was. The, what the, the fuck? The I'm best like, thing for some of these guys is to stop thinking at all. Like they 100%. Have, they have way too much just natural talent. Oh, fuck. They, they've, they've swung the golf club how many hundreds of thousands of times where – it it should be ingrained. Like, granted, you might need to you know make a little tweak and you know fix what. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, you would think they should be fine. Fuck. Um, and Jordan, you know, Justin Thomas the same way. Here's actually all right. This is the guy that I'm actually, other than Patrick Reed, I'm most curious to ask you about because <laughs> he is certainly the most obscure uh, guy on tour. He won two playoff tournaments last year. The guy fucking has every iron in his golf bag cut to the same exact length. He's putting with the fucking flag stick in. I don't know what to think of Bryson. As a teaching professional, as a guy who studies the golf swing, I, I, I don't know. He's a what, fucking, what, what, what do I need to think? He's a fucking nut job. Uh, Fact. But, I mean. As most people from Fresno are. So, there's not a lot of college golfers that major in physics. Um, he seems like a real fucking dork to me. Yeah, but the the whole I guess it makes sense, the whole single length. Yeah. It does. It's uh it I guess it kind of brings some variables out. Yeah, I guess so. You know what I mean? Um But to me when he's got it going bad, the guy looks like a fucking robot that's about to go on the fritz. Uh putting stroke, pretty decent putting stroke. Yeah. Uh repeatable. Uh to be honest pretty fucking shocked i mean so he was a great junior player a mm-hmm. uh, little background he's from fresno uh me and my good friend zach christ actually got to play a little bit of golf with his dad his dad was a very established amateur player okay. uh his his best ball partner was actually matt Betancourt. really okay. and uh so i got to know john pretty well and uh he at the time he was like yeah my son's coming up so we were playing these terms with john in the early 2000s and that's when Bryson was just getting to probably just getting to AJGA, like middle school. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, 10, 11. Yeah. He's like, you know, my son's really interested. I think he's going to be good. And then you would see his names pop up in these kind of junior tournaments and then the, the regional tournaments and the national junior tournaments. And then he's just an absolute fucking stud at SMU. And you're like kind of hoping as a Northern California guy, like, all right, we had our fucking money in Watney. We probably got the most we're going to get out of Watney. Right. Like, come on, Spence, get that fucking win. Fucking never did. Trying to get back out there. 
talk about another character. Uh, but it's kind of nice to see Bryson get out there and he had a good amount of hype and now he's winning. But you didn't think he was going to do it because of the all the other shit going on. I, I, I'm right there with you. And I always thought it was fascinating because, you know, when he, after he won the U.S. Amateur, that, that's when he got on my radar. Um and, which is on the because one of my best buddies from college was a super high level, you know, AJGA like competitor out of Fresno as well. Went to Clovis uh, Clovis West High School, mm-hmm. played with Bryson, and never really mentioned anything about it. But uh, granted, you know, we were pretty fucked up all the time when we were hanging yeah. out in Chico. So I mean, I, it makes sense that it didn't come Happens. up. But um, and you know, looking at his golf swing, reading his story, I was like, oh, that's an interesting story. But I never thought it would be possible that he would be among one of the best players in the world. And my favorite golf writer, Alan Shipnuck for, for Golf Magazine, he was adamant that he is going to be the number one player in golf in 20, by 2020. And I thought, I was like, I love you, I respect you, I love everything you write, but that just seems fucking crazy. And now yeah. it does not seem far-fetched at all. I, I, I can't believe how he quickly was, it happened. He was cut from one of those cloths. I think there's only, it's a very select fraternity of guys that have won the USAM and the NCAA in the same year. I think you're talking Tiger, Ryan Moore, Phil, mm-hmm. maybe Bryson. And maybe I I want to I, I, I almost want to say maybe my my guy Cookie. I know he won a USAM. I I, I he might have won the NCAA when he was at Ohio State, John Cook. Family friend. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Hmm. So I it's a very select fraternity. But like you said, when he won the USCM in the NCAA tournament that, that that same year, I was kind of okay. Well, that's pretty fucking hard to that do. That is pretty goddamn incredible. I mean that that summer that Ryan Moore had in two thousand four, mm-hmm. when you win the US Publix, the USAM, the Western AM, and the NCAA, holy fuck! Quick side note: What do you think about Ryan Moore's golf swing? Fantastic. You like it? Okay. Fantastic golf swing. Yeah. It's his. Which I so love. repeatable. The guy's so love. good. He's every year. It's it's so good. I mean, he's battled wrist injuries, and that's one of the reasons he had to he had to swing around his injuries for a while, and then develop the swing. And fuck the balance, the creativity. I that guy, that guy's swagger on the golf course is something I could get down with. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that. I really like just to fucking calm, just to fucking get out of my way. Yeah, I talk shit about my golf swing, but fucking, you're gonna be writing my check. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, Ryan Moore is fantastic. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, all right, the last guy before I go into the uh, the foreigners before we wrap up the uh, the player outlook. Um, what are we supposed to think about Rory McIlroy? Fuck, who knows? Um, part of me was like, all right, you got that 250 mil from Nike or what? You know, just the fucking insane, and I was like, mailing this bitch. Like, in. why? Why is this guy fucking like? Wh- He's already got a couple majors. Like, what? Why would he fucking? And then, you know, he comes out with the comments like, "I didn't get into the, into the game to grow the game." It's like, you wouldn't have fucking signed a two hundred fifty million dollar contract if it wasn't for fucking Jack and Arnie and fucking Lee and Gary. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? It's really hard to be a fucking. And I'm I'm very like LeBron is my number one farce. Cannot fucking stand La Baby, but Rory McIlroy is a close second. Yeah, he really is. Um really grind your goddamn gears yeah he fucking gets under my skin fucking european fuck <laughs> so quick tangent real quick please we need fucking justin thomas and spieth and kepka and we need fucking guys like gary woodland we need guys that fucking have this fucking moxie 
that can go over to fucking leg off National and fucking stuff it to those guys. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. It's like, and we, we don't... Yeah, maybe Phil shouldn't have been there, but fuck, he didn't come out juiceless like fucking Tiger. No. At least he was fucking Phil animated. Phil brought it. Phil wants to fucking... I mean, it's... I yeah, mean, I mean... That, I, fuck, yeah. So, back to McRoy. Fuck that guy. I just... God, he pisses me off. Uh, what he Mainly what he can do with a fucking golf ball. It's fucking amazing. It's incredible. It's... It's amazing. Um, to see him shoot himself in the dick so many the times now. The tight shirt thing, he's gotten away from a little bit. But, like, I remember a year and a half ago, two years ago, he's wearing the tight collarless shirts. And I'm like, you're fucking weird. That's just. And then Jason Day grew a little bit of a beer belly, so it's he's gotten to the looser apparel. But I fucking blame Rory McIlroy. Fucking some shirts don't fit me anymore. Like, this isn't a fucking 2X. There's no way that... Why do I want a fucking athletic fit? Get the fuck out here. I don't want any fucking restriction. I don't want my fucking arm... I don't want... What the fuck? Even though it's a different article of clothing... It is. I I think Michael Rappaport said it perfectly when he's like, this guy is a perfect fucking example of the skinny genification of fucking sports. Yeah. And and it seems like Rory might be the guy that might take that mantle in the golfing world. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... The fucking... I don't want. Fu- I don't want to be wearing some shorts that are going to eat my ass. You know what I mean? I some pants? Either. Absolutely not. I. Absolutely not. I don't fucking like the guy. I, I, he kills us in fucking Ryder Cups too. I fucking can't stand the guy. So in terms of Europeans that maybe we don't dislike quite no, as much, we still got to talk about Poulter. Oh no! I, I don't even want to bring up Ian Poulter. I, 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 I you know, I, I just don't care enough about Ian Poulter to even feel like. I, unless you feel like you Fuck need, if you need thirty seconds on Ian Poulter, I'd say go ahead, but. If I'm talking about the other Europeans that we should care about this season, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Frankie Molinari, um, I guess you could put Alex Noren as a Swede in there as well, and then maybe the other fucking you know. awful golf swing. <laughs> that watching that golf swing makes Alex me Nor- fucking cringe. Yeah, and I know if I were to fucking videotape my swing, which I haven't done for fucking I don't know, <laughs> since college, I would cringe at mine. But I'm not fucking making millions of dollars. Yeah, it's hot. Like he even his fucking rehearsal. And it's just, it's fuck. That's an awful golf swing. It's just like he's fucking mocking everyone else that has phenomenal golf swings. And he's like, oh, you got a fucking great golf swing, but you're not fucking top 20 in the world. It's like he's just mocking people. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> Which is funny because it basically is like the exact opposite. Like, there's nobody I'd almost rather watch swing than Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, fuck. The guy's good, man. Oh, I fucking love Tommy Fleetwood. He's mocking so me with that much. long hair, too. Fuck that guy. Oh, just is so everything about Tommy Fleetwood is just fucking pure European sex. Yeah, just, easy guy's fucking. He knows what he's doing. Oh, love love me some Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, John Rom, can he win a major this year? Fuck, he's annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy's gonna be able to win a major for like the next ten years. That yeah, guy's so fucking good. I think so he's too. Just, I think he's fucking. I think so too. Another fucking Ryder Cup name. Fuck that guy. Uh, any other players that uh, you want you want to talk uh, about or discuss a little bit before we jump into the the four majors and with some predictions? I hope Graham McDowell has a comeback here. I mean, we are playing a U.S. Open at Pebble Beach this year. I mean, he is I, the defending I, U.S. Open Pebble Beach champion. I, I hope he has a good year. He seems just like a really good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even though he plays the, the, the British thing and the Irish thing, I, I've always rooted for that guy. Yeah. Um, fucking Kuchar. I would love to see Kuchar get a major. Yeah, it would be pretty sweet to see Kuchar. He, just got, he got, just, just got fucking speethed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Like, there's no, like, like... I mean, to be fair... The same weight... If it know, wasn't for some crazy drop in a driving range and no, a fucking... Fuck. Yeah, I mean, then he probably does have a major. I mean, yeah, that's... I, that was the, the, yeah, that was just uh, one of those things. That was an anomaly. I fucking felt bad for the guy. And then, you know, the year before, what Stenson did to fucking Phil. Yeah. Phil's been on the... Bad into those fucking... Dude, you know Dude, Phil... Phil's gotten railroaded many, many, dude, many times. Phil could very easily have fucking eight or nine majors. No kidding, man. Um, that feels so fucking... Stenson's a robot. I, I like Henrik though. Even he's though a, he's a robot. I I I, I enjoy. Ro- he seems like a fun Henrik. guy to drink beer with, probably. Oh, absolutely. He he'd just be fucking zinging you. I feel like he'd just be zinging me the entire time, <laughs> and I'd be trying to fucking muster up like half woody comebacks, and I just <laughs> can I get another beer, please? <laughs> like I feel like that guy'd be really fun to drink with. We should do an episode on who we want to drink beer with. That actually is a great idea. I'm, I'm bringing uh-huh. you back for that one. Uh-huh. Uh, that is yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Um, perfect. All right, let's uh, let's let's put a wrap on the players uh, section here, and let's jump into. Uh, Predictions for major championships. Uh, But first, we're going to take a real quick break here to get a word from our sponsor. Beer time. Well, it's pretty wild handing it off to myself, uh, you know, multiple weeks apart. But uh, anyway, I'm just taking a quick break to let you guys know that in 2019, you can visit the Pacific Coast's top golf resorts um, with me and with the rest of Pacific Coast Golf Guide. Uh, For the first time, uh, myself as well as my... um, my friends and my colleagues at Pacific Coast Golf Guide, we are putting together trips to some of the top destinations on the West Coast that we want you to come and join us. Um, this year, so far on the calendar, we have none other than Cover, Cover Boy, Gamble Sands, um, where we had a small article on in this year's edition of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine. We are going to be visiting Gamble Sands in October, uh, October 10th through the 12th. That includes a couple nights. Uh, lodging at the Inn at Gamble Sands. It includes three rounds of golf. Um, it also includes some spectacular banquet dinners, award ceremonies, some really awesome swag from Seamus Golf. It's, it's going to be fantastic. And that is going to be taking place in October. And then we are also going to be visiting none other than the Abandoned Dunes Golf Resort, America's number one ranked golf destination. We are going to be going in December. That's right, December. And you're saying to yourself, Kyle, why the hell would I go to Abandon in December? Well, let me just tell you real quick. I have now been to Abandon Dunes nine times in my life, okay? I have never been before November, and I've never been after January. And you might ask, well, why would you go then? Well, twofold. One, it's still just as pure up there in the wintertime. And two, it is a fraction of the cost. That's right. If you go to Abandon Dunes in the middle of summertime, you're paying close to 400 bucks for a green fee per round. You're playing multiple rounds a day. You're paying $400 for your your room and stuff like that. No, 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 no. You come up with us, you're going to get all the same stuff. We're talking four nights lodging, a round of golf at each of Bandon Dunes' acclaimed championship golf courses, banquet dinners every night, huge breakfast buffets every morning, more swag from Seamus Golf, and we're talking less than 1500 bucks, less than $1,400 um, for you guys to come on this trip. It, it is going to be a spectacularly good time. It is limited to 24 participants. So we're going to keep this thing moderately intimate. It's going to be amazing. Everybody who's there, uh, it's going to be a great place to bring uh, old golf buddies, make new golf buddies, and experience some of the absolute best golf available on the Pacific Coast. So, uh, if you guys are interested in signing up, you can do one of two things. You can either email me at info at golfguide.net or as soon as Golf Guide's new website launches on March 1st, that is right, March 1st, there will be a link at the top that says events and right there you can go purchase tickets and sign up. 
So remember, Gamble Sands is going to be in October, Band and Dunes in December, and if we happen to add any more events to our 2019 calendar, you will find about you will find out about it right here on the podcast as well as at golfguide.net. All right. That's all I got for you guys for now. So let's jump back into the conversation with Jess and myself as we talk about the four majors and what we think is going to happen in 2019. All right. We are back. So let's uh let's talk a little 2019 major championships in your boat. Um, obviously, no. Cheers. Cheers. There we are. Um, so we t- we've been talking a lot about the the players, you know, individual players coming into 2019. Um, and we'll certainly we can touch on non-majors, but I mean, really, when you think back, you know, five years ago, you remember the majors. So that, that that's what we're going to focus on here in this preview podcast. Um, let's just start with the first one of the year. You know, my personal favorite, uh, most people's, I think, favorite major, favorite golf term of the year. I think it's got to be. Same course yeah, every year. Yeah, the Masters, Augusta the National Golf Club, Bobby Jones, you know, it's a... Uh, Hello, friends. Yeah, I mean, you know, I learned it from a man named Deacon or whatever, whatever the monologue that Jim Nance, you know, brings us into every year. It's just everything about Augusta National is, is just pure magic. Um, We're going to miss Billy. Billy. New chairman, Billy Payne. Oh, Billy Payne's out. You think uh you, you don't think Fred's gonna be able to continue uh Fred's gonna be fine. He's yeah. been a USGA guy his whole yeah, life. Fred, He's fine. Fred will figure out a way to He's make it fine. work. Um Patrick Reed is our defending champion. Have you have you read at all what he's going to be serving at the uh the champions day? I think he joked about it. I think he went pretty conservative. I um just like I'm yeah, gonna serve steak and potatoes. He's, <laughs> and it, I, I didn't know this. You can there's there's off menu items you can get as well. Oh, is there really? Yeah, I read that somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. very interesting. I mean, yeah. to be fair though, I would not put it past Patrick Reed to put together the most basic, fucking, boring menu in Masters Champion dinner history. I he's mean, f- he's from Texas. You know, you know, there's going to be a steak in there of some kind. Yeah, to stay, you know, but yeah, probably a flank, flank steak with you know <laughs> fucking you know potatoes and you know some Texas. Sort of he's from Texas. I doubt it's going to be a flank steak. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So with the Masters, we we were talking about it. I mean, if there was a course that you know Tiger could win on it all this year, maybe you'd think it was Augusta. Uh, if there's a and you think that Ricky might be able to win at it, might be Augusta. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. You know, Ricky in 2018 came so close, as did Jordan Spieth. I think I think it's safe to say that 90% of the golfing, like the real golf fans out there, wanted to see Ricky close that thing and win. Not just because nobody wanted to see Patrick Reed win, but because he was just playing so well down the stretch. Get ready for a curveball. <sighs> I'm ready. Do you know who Ricky sort of reminds me at, uh, at Augusta? And we miss him. And it was an insurance contract that he signed when he got injured. Anthony Kim. Really? Do you remember that run he mm-hmm. had? I do. What was it? What, what was it? Eleven birdies. It, it was. Eleven. It was either ten or eleven birdies when he shot that sixty-five. Yeah. Wow. Fuck! I miss that guy. That's a guy we need for the fucking Ryder Cup. Thank you. That's, that's, that's a fuck. <laughs> that guy was a f- <laughs> fuck you, Sergio. Right. I'm not even going to shake your hand. I'm going to pretend we got more. Oh, I'm sorry. I beat you that bad. I didn't realize, Sergio. <laughs> Fuck, that guy, he needs to be a fucking vice captain or a captain. I thought I just saw somewhere, on like I was reading something that Anthony Kim started trying to play like really seriously. He can't, seriously dude. He can't. He had a fucking $10 million insurance contract that if he got injured, 
He could never play a tournament on the PGA Tour again. <sighs> that really just breaks my heart. <laughs> so really, I mean, do you think it would be worthwhile for him where if he really thinks that he could fucking go at it, he'd fucking hand back $10 million to be able to play on tour again? Do you think he'd ever do that? The wrist is fucking annoying. I'm going through a wrist, wrist issue right yeah. now. Especially a wrist you injury in golf. You just never really fucking that. know. I took six six months off. Thought it would help. Not at all. The doctor, specialist. The wrist is the, the wrist is a fuck job. Yeah. yeah so you're I mean, right. you know, I'm sure there was a lot of parts of him that said, "Fuck ten million dollars. I'm going to make that in one fucking year, off the course." Right. But you just fucking never know. Especially with that wrist, man. It's like I, I've been dealing with a wrist injury for the last twelve years. It never goes away. You just never, never know. never goes away. But fuck, I would love to see that guy play again, man. That guy, talk about Captain America. Yeah, right. Fuck, that guy had so much swag. It was disgusting. He was the captain. I'm not sure we. I don't. I don't even think we deserved him, but we needed him. Fuck, he was good. <sighs> God damn it. AK, if you're listening. <laughs> Fuck, come back! <laughs> Get back here, big dog. And then it's just like, I just uh, see fucking, but he's not coming back. No, he's unfortunately Fuck. not coming back. So, uh, if you had to... Uh, but, oh, let me... Get back oh, right I, I'm sorry, sorry. Fowler yeah. reminds me of him. Yeah. The way he can fucking put these fucking rounds together. All of a sudden, just start stringing together birdie yeah. after birdie it, it, after birdie. In, in Augusta... It, it's that's kind of what you need. It's, it's what happens, dude. That's why fucking Augusta is the best tournament ever. Those finishing holes fucking produce fireworks. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's like it seems like you're birdieing or you're bogeying. I mean, I, I, I love that it forces it to go either way. In the trees off the tee, my fucking stomach went to the fucking floor. I was, I couldn't. How is a guy so fucking locked in? And just literally fucking so fucking locked in. doodle it right into a fucking. And then and I've never been there, but. It's, it looks like a pretty good size shoot, but how the fuck can you be so locked in and then literally hit it in the fucking, like you're hitting the fucking tree left of one on BV? Like, that's how big a pull, at least it looked like. Yeah, 100%. Like, fuck. That was fucking disturbing to me. It's kind of like that like shot. Like, you've never seen that. You've seen the guys flare it in the trees right. Oh, yeah. Right? But miss the, they, they missed the fucking trees off the tee. He fucking hit it. I, I was just so fucking blown straight away. In, and here the, the thing is, again. Fucking straight yoink. I, I've never been to Augusta yet. Yeah. Obviously, we'll get there someday. Yeah. I, I have lots of friends that have been able to make it out there. I you know I read everything that has you know the word masters in it that I can possibly find. The one thing that doesn't quite get conveyed on the television is just how dramatic the elevation changes are at Augusta. I mean, that place... The elevation is insane, especially on 18, where when you those where those trees are in that chute, the elevation is dropping 30, 40 feet, and then from that little blow point back up to the green, you're climbing another 60 or 70 feet. That fucking guy hits those goddamn trees. He's not just. It's not like oh. he just can't get to the green. he's now playing a blind shot uphill. Oh, he's so far away. He's so fucked. It's like. Yeah, I've heard the in, same thing from Donnie Ballard and Jim oh. Panega, who've been on premise. Yeah. Uh, Premises, yeah. Um, you know, Jason, who's at Oak Hill, he was actually at Augusta for a while. I'm sure you knew this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, I don't think I do. Yeah, so he, quick little timeline, you know, out of out of college, he, he got right into the PGA. He worked at a phenomenal golf course in Arizona called The Rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very premier. Um, and after that, he was at Eastlake. Not bad. He was the first assistant at Eastlake for three or four years. And then he was the first assistant at Augusta for 
five or six years, I want to say. And so you you know that shortly after the Masters, Augusta shuts down. Mm-hmm. Oh okay? yeah. So he would split time. So he would he one year it was Congressional, one year it was at Shinnecock where he'd go up there in the metropolitan area, and that's how doesn't seem like a bad life. When one of the Harmons left uh, Oak Hill, just jumped, jumped all jumped over right it. in. Jumped all over it. It's amazing. The old Jason Power Montgomery Viking history for you. And incredible. You know, Donnie's his uncle. He got to go to the Masters, and uh-huh. Jimbo Canego had been there, and that's that's what they talked about, the elevation change. It's insane. The it, cameras it, don't do it justice. It's crazy that know? the cameras don't, because it seems like the cameras do such a great job of catching every other component of the Masters that the fact that it can't really convey how extreme the elevation changes are at that yeah. place is, is mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to, for him to basically hit that fucking tree 80 yards off the tee, and then all of a sudden leave himself 380 to go on a second shot up, you know, 60 feet uphill. That's it's just it's inexcusable. And I, I do have one major prediction. Um, Tony Finau will not backpedal jog <laughs> during, during the part three contest. That was one of the that most. That was one of the nastiest. That was one of the most ankle turns I've ever and seen. The guy just leans down and puts it back in. <laughs> and the best part is like they're interviewing him in Butler Cabin and. They're like, so do you have like a trick ankle? Did you do that playing basketball? He's like, that's never happened before. And the guy was like, how did you calmly just put it back into place? And he's like, I, I was in shock. Fucking hey, dude, like that. that I'm an way. ankle guy, man. I've like three times on the right one, twice on the left, working with some pretty nasty bone spurs right yeah. now. I saw that and I was like, oh dear lord. And then he comes out and shoots like a first round sixty eight or something. That was a fucking Paul George level fucking dude. Or, that was no, excuse hard. me, not Paul George, a Gordon Hayward level like ankle dude. It, like I mean, yeah, you saw him do that, and you were like, that guy should not be able to walk I don't, at all. I, I don't think he's going to even even scare a jog. <laughs> he may actually be completely outlawing himself from moving in a backwards uh, motion whatsoever. I mean, not even on Augusta premise, just generally you, in life. He, can he may, you imagine if he if he couldn't go that week? <sighs> After that happened, especially playing in your first Masters, I guess what I want to know is how if, are you going to tell that story? What the healthy ankle? Could he have won last year? Given how I mean, he finished in the top ten. Yeah, I, I like the games. The guys, he's got a lot Dude, of games. He's got a lot of games. He's got I a lot like of Tony Finau. A he lot. was kind of one of those guys on the mini tours. Were like, just wait till this guy gets out there. Yeah, like just wait. Yeah, and he's yeah Ryder Cup guy. He would be a great Ryder Cup guy. He would be a great long shot. If if you if you want to put some cash down, I on would like. A, I, we should yeah. Next time we need to look at some of these odds. Well, I, I think what we're gonna yeah. do is so we're, we're just generally you know kind of previewing the season as a whole. I like it. Uh, unless you know you have a problem with this, I, I I expect to bring you back here for previews for each of the individual majors when the time comes. I'm a hard in. Okay, perfect. Um, so with that being said, you know the Masters. Any other general thoughts, kind of guys? You know, a couple. We're still th- you know three and a half months out. Is there any guys that you're liking that you're you're thinking may have a, a good chance to really do some serious damage at Augusta? Patrick Reed. He's he's from Augusta. Charles Howell the third. Ooh. Fresh <laughs> off his first win and I don't even know how many years. Sea Island win. <sighs> yeah. Getting out there, getting it done with the young guys. Man, can you imagine how much God, incredible that story. story that would oh, be? Oh man. man, I would love. Um love it. And then there's always the the perenni- like what about Cooch? Yeah, yeah, that would be unbelievable. Yeah, it I would mean, be unbelievable. Talk about you know a couple of years ago, it might have been last year before he got hot, dude. Bubba Watson was thinking about walking away from the game and just flat out retiring. 
Until he, but that the guy obviously likes the golf course. Well, I think once he stopped using those fucking Scandia b- golf balls, and he, <laughs> he went back to using an actual proper golf ball, things kind of got you know died at, back in a little bit. At Volvic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he went twice or three times. I, mean, I know he won the Riviera. I know he won the match play last year. Did he have another win out besides that? I uh, don't think so. Okay, I mean, still two wins in any you know season is pretty pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, shit, and that's the thing is like the guys won at Augusta. I mean, twice. It, it it is very possible that Bubba Watson could just come out of nowhere and just fucking take another green jacket. Horses for courses. And and to be fair, if he wins a third green jacket, even though his like total career wins total isn't like up in that you know double digit threshold, it's higher than you think. The guy the guy won a lot. I guess I just remember. To be fair, I think I he's, he's got to have like he's got his wins have got to be in the teens. I think he's got twelve or thirteen wins, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I guess you're right. I, Admittedly, I was pretty checked out of professional golf from like 2012 to 2015 because um, I was like living abroad. I just, you know, I was too self-involved to really care about anything at that point. And then when I got, you know, moved back to California, I immediately just died right back in. I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking love this stuff. Can we give a shout out to uh, Shit Pop? <laughs> Please. Just just, do, just doing it big over in Guangzhou. <laughs> One of my favorite people I, in the world. Lucky I mean, enough to spend a couple years with him in Chico. The guy used to get so pumped when he, so Frank's your uncle, correct? Yes. When he would get, he, he would get like a twenty five dollar check from Frank on a couple times a month, and just like a handwritten note with an unbelievable quote on it. A couple times I was there when those checks arrived, and I, 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 everyone knowing Marky B's background, you'd never seen a happier kid in your life. <laughs> like, like at Shipaw, we miss you, buddy. I know. I, I really. It, I was actually lucky enough to actually spend a few days in the Orient with Shitpod just a oh, few short months ago, and it what was a special uh, human being. It was absolutely glorious. In fact, did you know that Shitpod himself has actually been on this podcast one time for about a grand total of six minutes? Because <laughs> you you may you may not be aware of this, but despite playing very very minimal amounts of golf himself, he is maybe the biggest Matt Kuchar fanboy of anybody that I know. It just confirms I mean, that he, he's like one of the best people yeah, in the he world. He absolutely loves Matt Kuchar. And then I had to bring him on for about 10 minutes to react to uh, the Jordan Spieth, Matt Kuchar British Open uh, two summers ago. And he was, you know, understandably pretty devastated. You know, it was, He has a tendency was, to get really devastated <laughs> when things don't go well for his favorite athletes. He's, he's an emotional guy. It's I mean, kind of his M.O. Yeah, well, shit probably. I don't want to call it a weakness. but No, that's kind no of it's definitely MO. not a weakness. Yeah. But, yeah. It, Marky, if you're out there, we miss you, brother. <laughs> we, we, we miss you. Um, all right, let, let's jump into this, the new second major of the year, yep. the PGA Championship at Bethpage. First of all, have you have you played golf at Bethpage or in the tri-state area? I have not. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've only played one golf course designed by uh, Tillinghouse in my life, and I was pretty impressed be- of how difficult every second shot was, whether it was a par 4 or a par 5. There's just so much bunkering. And just so many like wild cross bunkers, and it's the same thing at Page Black. Where even if you hit a great drive, it's not the the kind of golf courses where you hit a great drive and then it leaves you with an easy shot. It's you have to hit a great drive to even have a chance at getting on the green with your second shot, and it's by no means going to be easy. And I think that is taken to the nth degree of a Page Black, and so it should be an amazing golf course to watch these guys go play i mean it, it was obviously great for the u.s opens mm-hmm. um and as a pga championship venue i think it's going to be fantastic um yeah, yeah the different i mean you're probably going to see a little better scores 
than a U.S. Open mid. Yeah, I would think so. Kerry Hague will probably be a little lighter than uh, than the USGA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's to the point where you can only have so many tournaments where you want to watch the best players in the world get beat up. And yeah. I think it probably corresponds with ratings and uh, it's let's we want to see the guys make birdies. I mean, we don't, we're not. I, I, I don't. Twenty under or anything like that, but let's certainly. I want to see him have a certainly chance. Certainly getting in the teens. I want to see him have a chance. That, yeah. that, that, that that's my big thing. Like if they're playing really well, I want to see him put up some red numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, May in the Northeast again. I, I don't. I'm you know I'm not a goddamn you know yeah geologist, but uh, I don't know. It, it should be good weather. I would think in May. I, I you know that May is certainly a lot certainly a little less humid than they, if they were going to be playing it in uh, in August like they have in years past. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot better than April. I think they know what they're doing. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, man. absolutely. So I think uh, that PGA Championship is going to be great. Obviously, Brooks Kepka is the reigning PGA champion. Um, you know, you would think a long, narrow course like Bethpage that really plays to guys who hit it long. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like Brooks's chances to repeat this year. I mean, yeah, at like, a venue like that, you're, oh. you're not going to not like him. I mean, it's we haven't talked about Jason Day. The, the guy's kind of been... That's a, that's a great point. Um, that's a great point. You know, maybe at some point he's like, you know what, maybe I, I I realize I only get one run at this thing. I've got all the money a guy could need. Uh, let's get back to work, maybe? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like let's, Crazy idea, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you, you, you talk about Dustin Johnson and Rose and, and Mac, McElroy. Uh, we're going to need to see – I think we saw a little bit um, of him trying to get back on track a little bit, but I, I think for him to have a chance, he's got to win a tournament by, like, five strokes. Yeah. To get that swagger back. I think so, too. Um, so, I think he needs to win beforehand. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you're obviously – Hopefully, Kucher can keep this thing rolling. I hope so, too. He doesn't hit it that far, but the guy's a fucking surgeon. Won two of his last four starts. Dude, I he's, a, he's a surgeon, and it seems like he it seems like he doesn't get bothered by the, by the big events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about Patrick Reed a couple of times. I just, I, I think that that guy's probably fucking wore out his, uh, his welcome. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the other people, super young guys, um, I mean, Bryson fucking hits it far. He's a fucking tactician. Um, he's f- pretty fucking fearless. He he obviously he's a guy who has a game plan. Yeah. Um, yeah that understatement of the year. I, you know, Phil was close at, at Bethpage. Uh, some prior success there. Um, I think probably just too long of a golf course for Phil. Yeah. Um, he still gets out there pretty good, but not. Not like some of those other guys. No. Um, it'll be interesting. And you're going to have probably – we'll probably be able to narrow down maybe 12 guys, and we're pretty sure that one of those guys are going to get the job done. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like with any of these tournaments, we're going to have a much better idea of what we think is going to happen as it gets a little bit closer. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – it is fun to speculate. Uh, I don't think know. we're going to have a rich beam. <laughs> you don't think there's going to be any rich beams winning this Pet Page Black? Winning this, uh, winning this PGA. <laughs> no, no. What about a Y.E. Yang? I, I, I don't think so. No, no Y.E. Yangs. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> unless, um, <laughs> unless he goes to the all-hybrid set. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal. Um, let's see here. What do we have next? All right. From somebody who has not only worked there, but obviously played the golf course a considerable amount, 
what do you need to be doing really well to put up a really low number at Pebble Beach? Like, what what kind of play does Pebble Beach favor? Like, what 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 do you need to be doing well to win a Pebble? You need to have a lot of uphill birdie putts. Mm. If you put yourself in some bad situations on the greens, even even if it isn't that windy, yeah. If we get some wind, and the USGA gets a little carried away, I've played that golf course when they're fast and and, and there's you know blown fifteen twenty, it gets in your head, man. Yeah. That ball starts moving around. The greens are small enough as it is. Well, that's that's what I think is crazy. Like not only you're saying you want to have uphill putts, but the green complexes out of Pebble especially compared to the rest of the you know courses on tour are so fucking small like you got to be so dialed in what i think with those with your irons whether they're wedges or mid irons to be able to get to the spot on these small little greens just have an uphill putt it, ju- it just seems like you the, the guys are going to do what are going to be playing it backwards starting that green trying to figure out how they get that uphill putt all the way from the tee you yeah, know there's there's only three or four holes where length is an advantage out there uh the other holes it's just point a to point b a hole that sticks out is is number eleven. Mm-hmm. Going going back up the hill. Some guys can pump drivers. Some guys will hit three wood out to the left. Watching the eighteen T coverage and even the Amluster, over and over and over again, you get these guys playing from the right rough who took driver off the tee. It's like you can't keep that ball below the hole. Not like, from the right it's side. Not the hard, but. I don't understand why more people don't just hit three wood out to the left and leave themselves like a dead arm nine iron or dead arm pitching wedge, something that's just going to hit and stop instead of trying to spin this thing back. And if you, if you do spin it back, if it gets to a certain point, it's not going to stop next to the hole. It keeps going in the front of the green. Right. So that's why I said, you know, the uphill birdie putt thing, if you just, you got to try and not do too much at Pebble beach. Yeah. If you get it on a benign day, even even under USGA conditions, you can attack the golf course. Mm-hmm. You really can. The only thing that defends that course is if they get the greens a little bouncy. You know, I'm talking like firmness, mm-hmm. not spark marks and stuff like that. And the wind, that's the only defense it has because it's, it's not that hard of a golf course right? if the conditions allow it. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Off the top of your head, is there any players that you think uh, fit that mold pretty well that you think are going to really, really do well out there? At Pebble, you could you could certainly see a, a guy like Hooch, a tactician. Yeah, totally. um, I know we've talked about him a lot, but um, you know, a guy that's going the guy that's, the guy that's going to putt well uh, out there, especially you're going to have a lot of four and five foot side hillers. Which are going to be tricky as fuck. They're, you're gonna you're gonna see some four putts. You're gonna see maybe even some five putts. They're they're gonna be frustrating. It's what the USGA does. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that is a, a really good long iron player like Ricky. Ricky, I can see doing well there. Mm-hmm. Ricky, his game was a his couple game years ago when, so well. when he was top five in all the majors. We've talked enough about him. Um, even you know, I hate to say it, but someone who's just kind of a bulldog uh as much as i hate the guy i could see ian poulter yeah kind of buckling down hunkering yeah. down and and playing well there mm-hmm. it kind of has that european not going to let the conditions beat me yeah. mindset um dustin johnson obviously has had success there he's done really well in the at&t mm-hmm. uh he also had the collapse in 2010 true i was there 
Uh, walked right past me. I saw a scared little puppy dog. Um, but he's grown since since then. Um, I think you probably have to look at DJ there. Yeah. Probably pretty hard. Just because he's become such a good wedge player. Yeah. As far as he hits it, if he chooses to hit a lot of drivers out there, which there's a lot of holes where you can, but you don't need to. If he's hitting the driver good that week and is playing the hot hand, he could win that thing by four or five strokes really easily. Absolutely. I the agree. guy's an unbelievable wedge player. I agree. And he's got the great one's daughter at his side. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's tough. a good thing. It's tough to go wrong there. Um, all right. We're at the home stretch here, man. PGA champion or PGA championship is no longer the last one. The Open Championship, Porush. There has not been an Open Championship contested on this golf course since 1951. Oh. The only guy that ever won there and the only Open Championship they ever played was a gentleman by the name of Max Faulkner. Perfect. No idea who he is. When I, I was going, I, I have no clue. I, w- I was going through who the Max leader- Faulkner is. I was going through the leaderboard. It's his only major championship he ever won. Nice. I was going through the leaderboard and looking uh, at that 1951 Open Championship. I didn't see any Americans. It's quite before, literally before a lot of them were going over there. Before a lot, I mean, it, uh, Hogan at Carnoustie was just a couple years after that, which just kind of sparked everything. But yeah. I mean, this is back when it was pretty much primarily a European event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure these guys couldn't afford it. Yeah, exactly. And I can only imagine that now, you know, in 2019, you know, a lot of guys, by the time this golf tournament starts, they will have played the golf course at that point. So it's not like they're going to be going into, you know, going there blind. Um, but from the view, from a viewer standpoint, it's going to be the first time that most of us have ever had a chance to look at this golf course. Oh, it's going to be great. I can't and wait. It, it's going to be fantastic. It's been so talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as links golf goes, obviously guys who can shape the ball are going to be at an advantage because you're going to have to hit a variety of golf shots. Oh, every shot. Um, Lynx golf is a whole other animal. Yeah. Anytime you're playing Lynx golf, for whatever reason, I love Zach Johnson, even though he doesn't really have any business winning any more tournaments. <laughs> but I just was, I love Zach Johnson. I don't know why. Quick line about Lynx golf is pretty good. So I, I was over there in 2008 when I was uh, uh, 25, and I was playing the best golf of my life. And it was, it, I, it was a, it, it didn't, it wasn't intended as a backhanded compliment from my uncle, but I, I was coming Uncle off Jay? A, Uncle Jay. I was coming off a. Uh, 66 and a 67 at Doorknock, and we're playing. Um, where were we playing when he said that? Uh, after Doorknock, we came back down. We're playing uh, Western Gales, and uh, <laughs> I hit a shot with this with this seven iron where it didn't get more than like 15 feet in the air. I just didn't, you know, just like a basically like a chip seven iron, yeah. 100, 120 yard chip seven iron. Perfect. Away. And I hit it. I hit it to like a foot, and Uncle Jay goes. Oh, I don't think you can cut it back in the States, but you might be able to cut it over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Jay. And what was I going to say, right? He sponsored the entire trip, yeah, right. 18 <laughs> rounds in 12 days. I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, so I was like, oh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> I, I personally, I mean, for you, like, I enjoy Lynx golf way more than I enjoy traditional, like, in the air, like, because it's just more fun. I like having the ability to hit all kinds of different shots and just sort of like you know just it's just more creative right four it's, or five options on every every shot, shot you every hit. shot and so and the one thing i hear from you know when i listen to other podcasts with guys who actually talk to a lot of tour players or they speculate and talk about tour players a lot and that is a lot of them don't like that a lot of them mm-hmm. like the the limitations the limitations they like knowing exactly what they have to do hitting that high long shot and just being able to kind of do that over and over and over again that when you start bringing in you know, you having to hit lots of different shots throughout your round, 
a lot, it takes a lot of them out of their groove. Yep. But there obviously are some guys that thrive um, doing that. Um, those guys, I mean, I always love Mark Leishman in a Lynx golf course. Uh, Zach Johnson seems like he's always good. Um, if Jordan Spieth knew what the hell he was doing, he you know he's good enough ball striker where he can hit the ball all kinds of different ways, and it would be great. Whether he's going to be in that kind of condition, I don't know. Um, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts going to this Open? I mean, arguably one of the best ball strikers of all time. It's really easy to pick a guy like Sergio Garcia. Yeah, yeah. I guess Just a good point. What he can do with it. Um, he's got so much experience over there, but major experience. Yeah. I mean, the guy. Not a lot of people played more uh, British Open than Sergio. Even at his age. That's a really good point. So, you look at someone like Sergio, we haven't even talked about the absolute Italian ATM, Francesco Molinari. Oh, my God. The, the guy. The, the defending I, I Open Championship. Yeah, that, that was. Fuck that guy. God damn it. He's so good. Dude. Fucking Ryder Cup, dude. <laughs> They're so dude, good. The more I look at their fuck, their team was fucking loaded. Yeah. Oh, oh, Americans. It makes their perfect, team was it makes fucking loaded. It makes perfect sense that they railroaded the Americans. We deserve to get drummed, dude. That team was fucking playing so good. That guy is so good. Uh, fuck that guy. Yeah, he's fucking good. We should be talking about him. I think he's. I think we he's have not. Got we a have chance. not. We have not given him the respect he absolutely deserves in this podcast. Was you know in terms. I'm of sorry, Frankie, but fuck you. Yeah, you're he, good. It's it's it's, it's, so it's how good. we adore you. We it's, say he's, fuck you. You're he's good. so good. Um, I, I think there's a. Whew, if you're gonna give me half over under, I. I'd probably go over. You'd probably take the over, huh? I think he's gonna. Fuck, yeah. The guy's fucking good, man. He really is good. so fucking good. Did you like? Uh, did you see that really cool picture of him caddying? I think for his brother or his, his uh, brother cousin? used to be on tour. Yeah, his brother. There was a picture of him on his, his brother won the back U.S. Amateur. Yeah. yeah, it's just his brother won the U.S. Amazing. His one, his brother won the U.S. Uh, U.S. Amateur. That's so crazy. God. He was on tour a long time. He's uh-huh. fuck that guy. He's rich too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Just you know, as I'm looking at all four of these, this is going to be a really awesome. I, I don't remember a time where all four of the courses the I'm guys excited. are playing are as good as these four. I mean, uh, the PGA Championship, I mean, I don't think I'm breaking any news here when I say that Bellary was a fucking shit show. Yeah. That was the most boring golf course I've seen yeah. those guys play in a long time. Agreed. A lot of times these guys, the, the course they're playing the PGA Championship, don't aren't, aren't super exciting. A lot of times, you know, the best players in the world make it a good golf tournament. But all four tournaments, all four of the majors are being played on fascinating golf courses and obviously the fields are going to be the best in the world. This is going to be a great year for major championship golf. I couldn't agree more. Oh, I'm fucking excited, man. Any, Hashtag uh, bring the PGA to Spyglass. That is the next move right there. Hopefully the old uh, the guys of the old USGA can finally uh, find the error in their ways and make that happen. That would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Boat, any last uh, closing thoughts as we uh, finish up our, our preview of the 2019 PGA Tour season? Uh McElroy, I hate your guts, but uh, you're kind of one of those guys that moves the needle too. Yeah, um, he's he's global. He's got a lot of pull. Uh, Maybe he can start winning and then realize that he does need to help. Got to grow the game. Yeah, got to grow that game. Help, help help get this train back on the tracks. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think uh, I think it would be good for golf if he snabbed one this year. Tiger. Oh, Tiger, you got this thing moving the right direction, Ooh. buddy. Elgrit, let's get just, let's do it. Oh. Cheers to, cheers to On that. that note, the Tiger to the 2019 season. Absolutely. I hope all of you guys enjoyed as much as we do. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, Jesper, I, I can't imagine it. we're going to be going more than a few weeks before we get you back on this podcast. I know this is your first time on this thing, but uh, I, I would be 
devastated if we have to go send it. Yeah, more more than a more than a, a month or two without getting you back on this thing, man. It's been, it's been a it. pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. It, yeah, it was awesome, man. Cheers, Thanks brother. for the beer. Appreciate it. And that puts a wrap on it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Jess is not going to be a stranger. We're going to have that guy back on the podcast in the not-too-distant future. I had a just a supremely excellent time hanging out with Jess for a couple hours and uh, looking forward to the next time we get him to join us on the podcast. Uh, and as I said, that is it. I will be back next week with another episode. If you guys want to support the podcast, the best way to do it is by leaving us a review on iTunes. Always much appreciated when you can do that for us. Uh, other than that, just keep listening and keep golfing and keep having a great time. Hopefully the weather here on the West Coast will be a little less wet than what we've had uh, in the past couple of weeks, and it'll allow us to get out there and start playing some more golf. Um, so until next time, everybody, take care, and uh, adios, amigos. Adios.